Welcome to another weekly episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks, where we talk everything design, business, and humor related. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Hi! Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. I am joined with a very special guest this week to talk all things no code and about a wonderful community that is being built for no code. So without further ado, my guest this week is Nelson. I am going to let him introduce himself. Hello. Hello. I am Nelson. Um, I am a, I am known as the Pixel Geek uh, around the no code community. Uh, Yeah, I'm just a, you know, a geek. I don't know what else to say about myself. I mean, I've started creating web pages uh, back in the GeoCities days before it was even bought out and then ultimately killed by Yahoo. So I still remember that whole long URL. And uh, for the past over 20 years, it's been a hobby. And over 18 years, it's been a professional career. And it's been wonderful. I can't stop making web pages, can't stop looking at web pages because it, everything about technology and the the hard work it takes to make it happen always fascinates me. So I'm just, I'm a pixel geek <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. So I actually found Nelson through his YouTube channel, which is pretty amazing, especially if you use Webflow. And if you don't use Webflow, you should go over there and check it out. It has helped me a lot along the way. Um, amazing tutorials and you do live streams uh every saturday tell tell us why you decided to just start giving back in such an amazing way to the community yeah so i'll go all the way back to when i started learning um geocities well i'll go even even further back uh, when i started even playing around web pages uh, so i was 13 uh seventh grader and uh, a friend of mine who I used to play internet games with Warcraft 2 over dial-up modem oh my gosh one day he showed me on America online he showed me his AOL member page and it was just a white background Times New Roman black text and it said hi my name is Erwin I'm 13 years old my hobbies are da 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 and I was like wait wait wait, wait. you made that on your screen <laughs> I'm able to see it on mine. Wow. And, and that was the first memory. Wow. Just going, this is amazing. There was no images. It was just text. But for some reason, the fact that he can do something on his computer and quickly show me, I, I was hooked. That, that was it. That's my turning point in, in life. And from there, I learned about GeoCities and... Um, I got hooked on HTML. So GeoCities had this basic wizard mm-hmm. uh, mode where you just fill out a form, a, a multi-step form, and then boom, you have a web page. Cool. But then they had an extra mode. Uh, they had a secondary mode called advanced, where whatever you made, you can turn on advanced mode and see the HTML code that built it. And then my mind was like, Okay, if I change this, what happens to my page? Oh, it broke. Okay, what does that mean, though, that I broke? And I'm the type that likes to break things mm-hmm. and then try to put together and put it back together. Um, and I got so hooked on that that 
when I was in 10th grade, I, 10th or 11th grade, I, I still remember taking over computer lab class. Um, and I told my teacher, hey, can I teach the class HTML? <laughs> and the teacher was like, sure. And I was literally writing on the dry erase board, HTML, head, title tag, body, and here's how you put it in image, image, SRC. So, so I love what I was trying to do was like, hey, no one else is geeking out about this cool thing called HTML. Yeah. If, if I can't find anyone else to geek out about this, I'm going to share it with some people and hopefully they'll get it and geek out about it too, right? And that was just me in 10th grade, taking over class, trying to create that community. Um, and then, uh, and then it, it was just a hobby and then finally became a career thanks to my father who helped me get my first job as a webmaster. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was a contractor for the Navy, just maintaining a website and it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then it just kept leading on to that, leading on to that. Um, didn't find myself wanting to, uh, teach, but more of learn throughout the, the years because there's always something new, whether it be Microsoft front page, mm -hmm. media, Dreamweaver, Flash, Photoshop, and, and on and on and on, WordPress, and then um, databases, active server page, it's just everything. There was always something new to learn with web design. And that's what kept me hooked because it's like a shiny new toy that's coming out soon. And right. Technology comes out and you're like, oh, cool. Let me see what I can do with it. Yes. A new feature and a new toy and then mobile web pages and then responsive. It's just everything is so new. Um, but the reason why I started my YouTube channel was back in 2013, uh, no, no, 2012, um, I was working as, a, as an in-house web designer over at Illumina, a biotech company here in San Diego. And uh, every year you're given a stipend to, for personal career growth, uh, go to a conference. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to a web design conference in Vegas and this one uh, presenter, um, well, all the presenters would get me hooked on like, oh my God, this new thing's coming out for web design. This new CSS thing called Flexbox is coming. Oh, I can't wait. And so for some reason, as they were geeking out, it brought back that feeling of, I, I want to be on stage and I want to talk about what I'm geeking out about on web design. Mm -hmm. How do I get... I, I'm sitting here. How do I get there on stage? Yeah. And um, then it went to, okay, well, I'm very shy, but if you want to be on stage, you have to get into public speaking. <laughs> the terrifying thing from every introvert's perspective. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's tough. And I was scared of, of like, like of, of the thought of going on stage, but my heart said, hey, remember that time you were in high school and you geeked out and was teaching people? Do that again. Like, okay, uh, so what do I need to do? And 
it was nice that Lumina has all these um, in-campus classes, and mm-hmm. one of them was public speaking. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. Nice. It for a week, and my boss approved it, thanks to her. She was like, yeah, go for it. Take the, the whole week uh, to learn public speaking. Go for it. And I was like, yay. Um, and it taught me a lot, and it helped me break out of my shell. But obviously, it's not one week. It's not that easy. Right. So I broke out of my, uh, it took me a while to break out of my shell, but um, one of those things was like, okay, so let me apply this to YouTube. And I have my first YouTube video ever uploaded still on my channel. And man, is it potato quality. (laughs) And it is so, so, so bad. I put myself out there and I said, I'm just going to keep going and just keep uploading as much as I can. Yeah. That's where it all started. It was just the love of geeking out and trying to make that community. And at that time, when I uploaded my first video, no one knew what Webflow was. Right. I, I'm the first one who uploaded a video about Webflow on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so it, it, it's a true love for the product and a true fandom of web design and, um, that's why it started. That's amazing. So you've been a teacher at heart since 10th grade and kind of worked through a lot of personal fears to put yourself out there. And you're building this amazing community. You almost have 10,000 subscribers now, which is huge. Uh, so congrats on the imminent coming of 10,000 subscribers. I can feel it. It's so close. How Do you know the official count? Um, it's not like I have it in front of me right now. 8,640. <laughs> very close, very close. So that's amazing. Um, and you've taken this kind of YouTube community and you're expanding upon it, much to all of us who have so much yet to learn <laughs> in Webflow uh, and all things no code in general. Uh, and you're expanding upon that to bring us kind of the next level. And what I feel like we've seen a huge boom in, especially in 2020, I think the pandemic pushed it forward. It was already on the cusp, right? People were missing communities. We've we've had these big institutionalized communities. I call them institutionalized Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, those are the like the big platforms. But these smaller niche groups that we were using in person when we were local got pushed virtually when the pandemic hit. And I feel like it catapulted online communities to the forefront. So tell us a little bit about that and how that impacted your move, I guess, from YouTube to something a little bit bigger. Okay, so yeah, start on YouTube. So I'm not going to leave YouTube. But um, it, I just use YouTube as a way to, you know, it's, it's a free service that mm-hmm. you can put videos on. And so that's where uh, I'm putting it. Um, most of the time, I'm just talking to people on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm, I'm noticing that, you know, YouTube, my YouTube channel is growing faster than my Twitter following. And I'm not here for the numbers. I'm not like... Oh, I hope I can, like, what are my growth rates? What can I do to hack growth and and get at least 20,000 Twitter subscribers? How can I get a million YouTube? No, I'm like, I'd rather have uh, quality uh, Mm -hmm. people subscribing or following me on Twitter than quantity. And um, I never set out to make a community. It was more of a, 
hey, here's what I know, and I want to share it with you. And um, this whole sharing thing on YouTube um, grew even more in 2015 when I got hired by Webflow. Mm -hmm. Just by being a fan of Webflow, a genuine fan, and um, being a community member on the forums um, ever since closed beta, I just wanted to help people. Like, oh my God, you're geeking out about Webflow? Mm -hmm. And let me geek out with you because I want to learn from you and then I want to teach people stuff. I want to help them with their, with their projects. And two and a half years of just geeking out and evangelizing Webflow, uh, Lad reached out and asked if I want to be part of the team. And so uh, in 2015, I wanted to give away for free these happy feelings. It felt like, wow, I got my dream job working with a company, with a product that I genuinely love, with the community that I love. I cannot hoard these happy feelings. It feels unfair to keep this with me. I need to, how can I package it up and then give it away to the Webflow community? I wish there was a physical way, but I isn't. <laughs> And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give, give as much knowledge as possible and uh, support people as much as possible because that's what feels right. Because when I help someone, they're going to help someone and, and there's going to be so many lives changed in such a positive manner. And so that's what I've been doing um, even more on my YouTube channel. Um, and that's... And I guess that just grew organically to this community who sees my hard work of just wanting to give out knowledge for free. And um, I don't like asking for things back, especially monetary. But um, now there's, it's just weird that people are donating to my YouTube channel, to my Buy Me A Coffee mm -hmm. page. And I'm like, really? Okay. Thank you. Meanwhile, he's being very humble. If you've not joined one of his live streams or seen any of his videos, the knowledge that he's offering you, yeah, especially coffee is is the least you can do for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I still remember the first time someone gave me like $15 on my buy me a coffee page. And I'm like saying to my wife, oh my God, Ben, they... They actually donated. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm such a non-numbers guy, you know, because I'm like, if if I'm giving away something that people feel is valuable, that that's it. I just want to help. That's awesome. And we appreciate that. That's, I think, how true communities are built, though. They're built by people who just have a genuine drive to help other people in whatever field that is. And for you, that's, you know, web design and now no code on top of it. So let's talk a bit about this amazing community that's coming. Tell us what, a, what is it going to be? And when is it launching? All the things. It's going to be, um, I hope it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because, um, these were ideas I've had for such a long time, and I'm genuinely pouring my heart into everything I do for this for this community site. So it's a pixelgeek.community. 
Um, and I, I didn't really start working on it seriously mm-hmm. until I bought McKinsey Child's uh, Tele Webflow template. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick plug right there for you. Right? <laughs> it's a great template. It's a great <laughs> template. And he was already, the template's already using the font that is in my logo. So I was like, okay, cool. It made sense. But um, once I changed the H1, the header, and then the subheader, um, wait, let me see if I can pull it up right now. Um, once I, once I wrote it, uh, wrote it down, not wrote it down, like typed it in, to mm-hmm. something in my heart just felt so full. And the H1, uh, the header says, make the web beautiful together. That's my tagline. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been my tagline since my first YouTube channel. Um, well, make the web beautiful is my tagline, but then I changed it and add together. Yeah. Better. And then the subhead reads a community of no coders that leads with empathy and honesty. And after I, that's all Mm -hmm. I edited on the page. And I'm, I was like, this feels right. The beginning. Yeah. I need to do this. I, I, I cannot quit on this idea. I've had many ideas and I quit on them. The overflow was one of them. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the story isn't that good, but yeah, we can come back to it. But um, I had the overflow, I had like job board ideas. Like basically the Pixel Geek community is a bunch of these uh, failed ideas that got even better because I'm doing it over again from a different perspective mm-hmm. and with more of a heart to it. Um, been working with Webflow for five years. And the, the line of a community of no-coders that leads with empathy and honesty, mm-hmm. I've learned that being part of the Webflow customer support team, how we respond to each email, each ticket with empathy and honesty. Mm-hmm. Because we know what it's like to be a community member because we were community members before mm-hmm. we got hired on. And we know what it's like to run into a bug or to be confused about the hundreds, maybe thousands of buttons that Webflow has. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> and there's more on the All the time. Never going to stop. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, we understand. And when someone gets confused or reaches a bug, we're like, okay, well, we're obviously, obviously we don't blame the community member first. We're like, all right, let's work on this together. We always right. talk about in, in, the, um, in some of our training, we talk about how you know, you work together as a team to figure out the issue. It's never, oh, this is, uh, I'm happy to help with your issue. We never say your issue. It is not your issue. Right. It is the issue. Mm. So, how can, so let's work together to solve this issue. Can you send me a Loom video? Can you send me a screenshot? Can right. you test if it works on incognito or not? Um so let's let's rule out the thing so we can work together to find the solution to this issue. And uh, answering tickets like that for five years, it helped me learn more about empathy and honesty. And plus, when you work with these people, like um, the, these wonderful people in Webflow, you it's easy to be very empathetic and honest because it, the, the whole team 
is like that. And it's really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So, uh, yeah, the Pixel Geek community. I'm super excited for it. I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. So tell us a little bit about what the community is going to be involved and how people can sign up. Okay, so you can already sign up for the email list and you'll know when it gets launched um, by going to pixelgeek.community. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is going to... What's inside of it, um, again, is just all these ideas I had in the past. Um, to go back to the overflow, the overflow was just an idea. Like, all these community members have, like, there's some people on YouTube. There's some people writing blog posts and articles, and there's some forum posts. Like, all these community members in the no-code community are posting on their own free time ways to create cool things. Yeah. There isn't one central resource. So I called it the overflow. <laughs> That's great. And it and I couldn't keep up with it because it was just me like, oh, I found something. Let me put it in there. Yeah. I was trying to generate traffic and telling people, hey, this is the spot to go because there's going to be so much. And also, you should submit your content here. Mm-hmm. And having a full-time job with um, uh, a family I, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, it's a lot. So it just fizzled out. But that idea is now in the Pixel Geek community. Mm-hmm. And thanks to uh, Parker Thompson of the No Code Report, um, every week he has an email and he calls out all the things that's happening in the No Code community. And he also has one part of his email that um, is, is a link to his YouTube playlist that he updates every week with new things that he's found like hey parker can i build a zap that pulls that data into the community and he's like go for it nice done yeah yeah the overflow is inside of the pixel community amazing other things is um whenever i Whenever I uh, answer a ticket, um, and this is a limitation of our ticketing system, but or I mean our chat bot for support, but I always have to ask because when I'm conf- I, I get confused when I'm reading a text email mm-hmm. and someone's trying to explain what the issue is uh, with the project that they're working on. They're like, "Well, Webflow is there, I think there's a bug in Webflow because X Y Z is happening." And I'm like trying to imagine, and then I open up their projects read-only file, and then I'm like, okay, which page is it on? Uh, which element they're talking about? I am so confused. And so, in the Pixelate community, if you're looking for help, uh, it it is going to be very um, closely moderated and strict. Because when you're asking a question, it has to be visual. You have to record mm-hmm. your screen using something like Loom or a cloud app. And you have to speak on the video to explain what you're talking about, what you need help with. Um, because many times in uh, support tickets, that's what I ask for anyways. Yeah. So if, if this community can uh, be, that's the first step when you're asking for help, awesome. And on the flip side, if you're asking, if you're answering, if you have the answer and you're responding back, you have to have a video as well explaining it 
because again, it's a visual tool. It's a visual medium. If you're not helping with the question or the answer, then it's harder to, you know, it's harder to help each other. Yeah. And, and the last thing about answering is I've noticed that people donate whenever I'm streaming. So that's awesome. But I'm like, I don't want to be the only one who's getting donations. So once you sign up for the Pixel Geek community, there's a field where you can add a donation link to your mm -hmm. PayPal.me page, buy me a coffee or Patreon, uh, whatever donation page. And so whenever you post a tutorial, uh, a button will be under your tutorial video that says donation or donate or support this creator. Whenever you're posting in the project um, help chat room, or I mean uh, chat board, it is encouraged to put your donation link that way we can support each other. Yeah, I think that's really amazing that you are building a community that supports itself. It's one thing to build a community and bring those resources together, but to encourage the support of others, be it monetary or just, you know, yeah, through feedback and teaching people how to use tools like Loom and how to better talk through their issues, yeah. I think is important. I'm with you. It's a visual tool, so it's really difficult to read a lot of text. And it's going to take you much longer to type out an email than to send a one-minute screenshot of, hey, when I click this button or when I change this padding, these things are happening. What is the problem? Um, yeah, it's just a whole lot faster to record it and and very quick. So I think that's really cool. Um, I, and I have many ideas. Um, I already have a phase two in my head and we haven't even launched. Um, we already, we're already working on, uh, with you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. Working on a pixel geek, uh, visual, a live visual dev, uh, course mm -hmm. where I'll be teaching from zero to intermediate. If you've never touched Webflow, to, I can make a, a, a web, a responsive website with uh, data coming from a database and that, you know, I, I want to teach. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And I, I think that uh, the good distinction there is that it is a live course. There are a ton of courses out there and they're phenomenal. But the one thing I've picked up watching all of your live streams is that you've been a Webflow for five years and you make mistakes. And it's, it's so refreshing to see the real time like, oops, shouldn't have clicked that. I'm going to click here rather than kind of the edited polished world we live in where everything is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. But you have to go through a lot of those little mistakes and it's super encouraging to see people even who are expert level still. Oh yeah. Well, this isn't really working like I thought or no, this doesn't look great. Cause that's how design goes. Right. I mean, it's just, <laughs> sometimes things don't pop up the way you think they're going to, or you hit the wrong button. And it's nice to see other people work through those and figure out how to, work through it yeah yeah definitely i mean when it comes and i've said this uh, in past streams uh, why i why i like live streaming uh rather than posting edited uh, polished videos uh, i'm lazy it's not true i feel lazy when it comes to video production okay fair <laughs> Because it, to, to the people who can do video production very well and take the time to edit, um, much, much power to you. Like, it's uh, a lot. Mackenzie Child, Charlie Marie, Ran Seagal, uh, Finn Sweet, mm -hmm. Joe Finn Sweet, um, all of them take time to edit their videos. Mm -hmm. Like, that's nice. That's nice. 
Um, so more power to them. But my style is very live and real because li- live stream, it's okay to make mistakes. People expect mistakes. Mm-hmm. Edited, people do not want any mistakes. Right. They want the polished thing. And it makes sense because there's people um, there's people who like to watch live sports. Mm-hmm. And when their team is losing, when they fumble a ball or when they don't make the shot at the last second, um, that's part of the story. That's part of the action. And you're following your team and hoping that if they make a mistake, the next play, the next quarter, the next whatever, they'll come back and fix that mistake. And you're seeing them work in real time. Yeah. And after the game, there's people who just like watching the highlight reels and the highlight reels are polished. It's like, oh, such and such made a touchdown, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then this person made a, a shot in the last second. Awesome. Yay. And and that's it. Right. The short version. And, you know, uh, for me, uh, I like to be as real as possible because, like you said, design isn't straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever I see a website or any type of media, whether it be uh, radio, podcasts, um, or video, or uh, TV, movie, I'm not just thinking about the thing that I'm hearing or seeing right then and there. I'm also thinking about all the people it took to make that one second of film. All the people that it took to engineer or edit or, or make a high quality podcast. Um, there's so much behind the scenes of um, unsung heroes you know, that I think about. And that's just how I like to think about everything. Like you, you, you look at something as simple as a mouse cursor. Mm-hmm. It took years. And math and science to figure out a mouse cursor. And, and to me, that blows me away. Yeah. And now we have all these different mice that you can use, all the cursors that change. Yeah. One time I asked um, my Google Assistant, you know, what's the weather? And it told me the weather. And at that, at that moment, I stepped back and I said to my wife, I'm like, whoa (laughs) right because think about it i know i said something to a microphone which translated into bits of data sent it to the internet figured out what i said Mm -hmm. got the data from a weather database which is updated which took how many years to make a weather database Mm -hmm. that can be freely pulled from um any service through api and come back through a speaker and say something and it sounds like a real person. I know. (laughs) It's crazy. And in such a short amount of time, I mean, and that's what I think the amazing thing about no code is and the no code movement. I mean, if you're using Webflow, fantastic. We, We love that. If you're not, there are other no code tools out there and there are a lot that go in conjunction with each other. Of course, uh, you know, you're using a ton of those. We should talk about those that you're using on your site too. But yeah, it it just is like 
the last 20 years, the transformations that have happened seemingly overnight are astounding to me. And now we have things like self-driving cars and sending people to Mars and all of these things. It's kind of crazy. Really soon. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, the first time the Falcon 9 rocket landed, I, I was amazed. And then when uh, SpaceX released a a quick montage video mm-hmm. and it showed all the people over at um, Hawthorne, their headquarters, cheering on uh, right behind their um, mission control room. That that touched me so much. You know, I, don't, I, I would get like goosebumps and I would cry a little mm-hmm. because I'm like, all those people's hard work. Yep. For years, not knowing if this is going to work, yeah. but just pushing humans mm-hmm. to something to try and do. And they did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's amazing. And, and that's why I love space so much, because it's all it's all different backgrounds. It's all different religions. It's all different age groups mm-hmm. working for science to do and answer things that have never been answered before yeah. in human history. You know, that I, I even kind of cried when the first Mars rover, uh, was it? Not, not Curiosity. Um, oh, my gosh. Was um, it Curiosity? I'd have to look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It, when Curiosity first landed, you know, and they were doing EDL, Entry, Descent, and Landing. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching the NASA live cast. I, I I teared up because all those people put ten years of their life mm-hmm. on a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I always think about the humans behind everything. Yeah. And 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 yeah, that's why I got this tattoo. <laughs> and you you you've seen it on my Twitter, right? I don't think I have. Oh yeah, so. so you can tell your audience. Yes. He's wearing a SpaceX shirt. <laughs> if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Oh, okay. I see we have the astronaut. And what does it say? Made on Earth by humans. Love it. That's nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's the suit of the SpaceX suit mm-hmm. that Bob and Doug uh, wore for the uh, Crew Dragon mission. Very to cool. The space station. And, um, yeah, it, it, the reason why I got the tattoo is because, again, I love to think about humans in a holistic way, how working together um, makes positive change. And uh, when SpaceX launched the Falcon Heavy for the first time, and then they sent out Elon's uh, Tesla into space, yeah, they produced a video um it showed one of the circuit boards that they sent out into space with the Tesla Roadster uh, says, and it's engraved with made on earth by humans. And that touched me because I'm like, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And, and how I uh, interpret it was everyone is born with a mother and father, but we are, uh, we are grown and influenced mm-hmm. by other humans Mm -hmm. and every choice that we choose everything we do affects other people 
and vice versa, everything that other, um, everything that everyone else does affects us. And so I'm made by you and you are made by me. Yep. So that's how deep I think. I don't know why. I think it's phenomenal. It's great. I, you know, my background is in healthcare. I was a nurse yeah. for 10 years. So to me, empathy is just a given. Um, you know, just with my background and I worked in oncology. So I was an oncology nurse and I dealt with cancer patients. And I often get asked by people like, how did you do that? How did you take care of cancer patients? And to me, it was the best gift I could have ever had. I learned so much from my patients on, you know, empathy and what's important. And yes, the impact that your actions have and the choices that you make and those ripple effects that, you know, go outward. And yeah, it was just truly a gift to have all of their wisdom imparted on me, <laughs> you know, so that I could put that back out into the world and show other people, you know, yeah, you might be going through whatever you're going through, but let's talk about it so we can work through it together and, you know, don't suffer alone in silence and those kinds of things. So, yeah, I feel you on the empathy and we're all humans and just make the world amazing if we just work together. <laughs> Seems so simple to me. And I thank you for your work as a, as a nurse in oncology. I mean, uh, I have a good friend who um, is actually an oncology nurse, and I, you know, I wonder about that too. I've asked her, mm -hmm. you know, how are you able to to do that? And you know, she says that she cries, you know, she has to cry, mm -hmm. you know, because it's just so sad to see. But you gotta hold on to hope. Yep. And um, yeah, so I, you know, nurses everywhere, including yourself, um, the angels of the world. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not uh, practicing right now. I'm taking all of that into design and trying to do exactly what you said, like make design better and more empathetic and human based instead of like, who's your user or your customer? No, no. Who's the person that is actually going to be interacting with whatever it is that you're doing? Because if you look at it from that perspective, you know, this could be your family member that's touching this, your lens is automatically shifted instead of, oh, well, I want this persona that I have pasted on the wall and whiteboarded out and, you know, put all of their demographics graphics in there it's like no 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 <laughs> but this is an actual person so let's look at it and start there from the the people perspective yeah yeah it's I, a, I, I i believe in that too uh, of you know like what is the human doing on the interface yeah um, one of the things that um confuses me is medical software mm. It's you terrible. Know, um, Epic <laughs> is one of them. It's terrible. And and I'm thinking, to me, I mean, when I'm looking at the UI, I, I don't really read everything as my doctor is just punching in notes and, and stuff like that. But as I'm just looking at it, squinting, I'm like, this looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's such a money thing and it makes me sad because mm -hmm. that's healthcare in the United States. It's all about the money. Yep. It's about solving the, um, just putting band-aids on everything rather than mm -hmm. solving the root issue. And you can tell easily 
that that's the case when it comes to software. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, mm -hmm. someone has to sell the software, mm -hmm. and then someone has to sell the training for the mm -hmm. software. Then someone has to sell the upgrade for the software and sell the training for that. And if you break a chain in any of that, mm -hmm. then you're losing money. Oh, yes. Yet, it, and, and it takes probably weeks or something for training on that software. So there's a lot of money to be made with that. Mm -hmm. um, yet my, my three-year-old daughter knows how to easily use the iPad and get to YouTube Kids if she wants or get to her Montessori app mm -hmm. or, or whatever. What, whatever she's feeling, she knows how to get there. Mm -hmm. That means Apple learned the human first and then made the software design, the UI and UX. Yep. However, medical software wants the doctors to learn the UX. So it's backwards. They're not learning the doctors. They're making the doctors learn the software. And I'm like, I feel so sad for all those doctors and nurses because it's like, you have to fill your mind with how do I click to get to a certain place to do my work rather than how can I fill my mind with more medical practice so I can understand the human more. Mm -hmm take care of my patients. Yes, you have hit the nail on the head. And uh, I, I'm very familiar <laughs> with the product that you mentioned. And it's troublesome, because uh, the big pain point for patients and providers is the lack of face to face time. And it is because providers are spending so much time navigating how to fill things out appropriately, bill appropriately, put in prescriptions appropriately, instead of being able to quickly navigate and click a couple of buttons and have things happen for them. Of course, note writing is a little bit different. You know, that does take time. But most of the other interactions are cumbersome and clunky. And exactly as you said, not built with the physician in mind. And there's a lot of flexibility, which is great, except not when you have how many hundreds of thousands or millions of users that you're going to expect them to learn six different ways to do it and just pick whichever one works for them. Yeah, it's medical software, uh, and especially the electronic medical records are very broken, in my opinion, um, and really, really lead to a lot of patient care holes and lapses. And it's something that I'm pretty passionate about and I quite honestly got burnt out on in healthcare because it, it's a, a never ending cycle. And exactly for the reasons that you said, you know, there's a lot of investment tied up in it. There's a lot of red tape. And for good reason, you know, a lot of things need to be reported and captured. And you can't just go in and break a system. And, you know, now perhaps you're not meeting regulations and those types of things. So it's not an easy fix, but it's one that, that needs to be tackled. Absolutely. It's only going to help everybody because, again, even though those are doctors, they're also patients. So everyone is a human that has to interact with that system. doesn't matter which side you're sitting on. <laughs> it needs to be able to be easily used and beneficial to everyone. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. But that's why, you know, um, I don't know anything about the medical world. <laughs> that's how I, I, I see software, again, for the human. Yep. If there is any type of interaction in this world that can be solved through automation um, and, uh, yeah, through automation or just less clicks or less touching, less typing, less anything, and mm-hmm. to me, it frees up time for people to learn something new. Absolutely. And it, it, and it streamlines the old and gives way to open up to new. And if, to me, if you're not open to learning something new every day, okay, I'm, I'm sorry to be blunt, but you're wasting your life. Mm-hmm. You're, there's so much in this world to experience and learn that you don't have enough time to do it. Yeah. And yep. if you aren't taking the time to even learn how to click something new, or mm-hmm. just empathize with someone's story mm-hmm. just a little bit, it's it's a waste. Obviously, there needs to be a balance of consume and produce and, you know, right. and learn it. Right. Um, but one thing, one thing every day would help you, you know, understand the world just a tiny bit better. And you have a whole lifetime to do it, which... Again, is not a long time, right? Um, and so, going back to to teaching Webflow, I'm hoping you know that everything I do helps someone learn something new every day. That's awesome. I think it definitely does. I know it, like it's helped me personally many times. I'm like, I don't know. I'll check out Pixel Geek. I'm sure he'll be able to tell me and. Almost always I get the answer. A lot of times I don't because I don't know what to Google. So that's another thing that the, the course will be teaching us how to Google correctly. Uh, sometimes you don't know the words you're looking for. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm a lifelong learner. I just kind of feel like it's important. It helps you understand people and, and see the world through everyone's eyes. If you're just always learning and taking in new information so you can understand where other people are coming from as well. Yeah, that's just something I'm real passionate about. So I'm super, super excited to be uh, on the cusp of the Pixel Geek community and the forthcoming uh, course and all the cool things that you're doing. So how can folks get a hold of you in between all of these amazing launches? Um, You can, again, sign up at pixelgeek.community for the emailing list and tell people uh, when it will launch, hopefully soon. Um, you can reach me on Twitter. That's where I mainly just be I'm randomly talking about things. Um, also, also um, talking about Webflow all the time. <laughs> it's always amazing what the community creates or figures out or what I can learn from them. Yeah. Uh, so it's twitter.com slash the pixel geek YouTube channel is youtube.com slash pixel geek. I was very lucky to get that one. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's about that's about it. Um, Great. Yeah. 
Well, I'll be sure to drop all of those in the show notes. Everybody has the link directly. Um, but yeah, reach out if you have any Webflow questions or no code in general. I mean, there's a ton of tools that you use to build this community. And I know you said you were going to do a tutorial or a quick video on everything we did behind the scenes. It's not going to be a quick video. <laughs> well, quick in air quotes. <laughs> from, okay, I need a template. I know. With Webflow. Okay, cool. Now I need to add a membership. So that's member stack. Okay, so how do I pass data between Webflow and MemberStack? That's Zapier. Yeah. Okay, so now I need a chat board. That's Circle. Mm -hmm. Now I need to connect Circle with MemberStack and Webflow. So I need Zaps for that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I need to put them into my mailing list and make sure that they're uh, emailing lists. So make sure that they're tagged correctly and all that stuff. So that's MailChimp. Yep. And then connecting all of that with Zapier. And then I was like... What the heck? I'll just throw buy me a coffee in there. So if anyone donates <laughs> to me, they can I know. into this zap and send the data. Yeah. So it just, I don't know how many zaps I have, but it is a, 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 it's a lot with, and someone, and when you sign up for the Pixel Geek community, once it's launched, it goes through a chain of 15 uh, actions within one zap. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. I was so proud of myself when I built my first app and I was like, man, I got this right the 18th time through. <laughs> Only took me an hour and I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be easy. But Oh, it's amazing. If you've not checked out Zapier, you really need to. I just call it, it's like your virtual assistant. I mean, it does all of these things behind the scenes for you. Once you get the, the hang of it, I think it's pretty phenomenal. Underrated tool for sure in the no-code community. It's like connecting a string from one end to another. Yeah. Filling the dots and yeah, fill yeah. in the blanks. I mean, and so yeah, it's it's really fun once you get into it. But that's that's everything. No code. There's something new, and it's fun to get into. And then you start getting mad because you're learning, and then you learned it, and then you gotta teach teach the world. Like, oh my god, look at this. Here's how. I know. Or you post one thing, you're like, look at this amazing thing that I tweaked, and they're like, oh, how did you do that? I'm like, oh well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty phenomenal. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about the Pixel Geek community. I'm excited for the launch. Should be coming this fall? Uh, yeah, sometime this okay. fall. All um, right. I have a countdown timer that is secretive to just uh, you and the other. I, <laughs> I was going to say a little pullback of the curtain. I'm, a, I'm on the inside track, so I do know it's coming. <laughs> We're excited. You'll see more hype for me, too. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Sarah No Socks on everything, so I'm pretty easy to find uh, across all the socials, but definitely more active on Twitter than everywhere else. Yeah. Awesome. Can you well, some socks for Christmas? <laughs> you can, but I won't wear them. <laughs> I'm in flip-flops. Oofus, if you want to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's all I wear. Just that's it. Yeah. Not, not even the toe socks? No. Oh, no, no. I don't, I don't want those, <laughs> but I appreciate the offer. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Nelson. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye.